note, for maximum picture quality, it may be necessary to adjust the tracking control on your VCR. I'm telling you, I ain't even going to the clubs dressed up no more. I just let the promoter know, man's coming in a tracky. We take this for. Nostalgia? Turn. Oh, but now I just turned on my letterbox to see what I've been watching, and you correctly shot the Magnificent Seven down where, where it's it belongs. It's not very good. Well, it's, again, <laughs> the thing is, if you're going to remake one of the best movies ever made, you better fucking come with the thunder or get away. Yeah. I, I was tried... really shocked at how crap it was. I mean, it's fine, it's but fine. I just, it's not. It's There's not no reason good. for it to exist <laughs> other no. than the only reason for it to exist is if you don't want to read the subtitles in Seven Samurai. <laughs> which for me go away and die like i'm not interested in that person it makes me i was me thinking angry. um like 13 assassins is a better version oh well. yeah that's a great like, movie and that's just that that's i couldn't stop thinking that 13 assassins is a really it, good remake 13 of assassins seven, seven uh, samurai sorry thir- that's that's the only good remake of seven samurai i've ever seen honestly yeah that'd be fair <laughs> i would yeah. agree the 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 worst one of all time is that mandalorian episode Oh god, that was yeah. That made me that so. Was... It was in the first. It was in the first season, though. The one with the swamp, isn't it? No, there's isn't like a that... like a like a village where they all are like bucolic, and it's, it's literally the same thing. Yeah, that's the. Oh, the attack. When they take down the attack. Yeah. Isn't that when they meets um uh Gina? mean mean wrestler lady? Yeah, yeah. Gina, 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 G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that episode where she first know. shows up and then somehow never leaves, despite being an, a totally uninteresting character who can't act. Uh, <laughs> Try and watch her drink. She can't even act like she's drinking. It's terrible. She's a very bad actor. I watched the actor. Soderbergh that she's in the other day. Hey, I like that one. I like that yeah. one. It's a good film, but she's not good. <laughs> I remember liking her in it at the time, but I think maybe I was just rating it on like a kung fu movie scale. In my memory, anyway, the choreography in Haywire like used her MMA uh, credentials really, really well. Whereas, yeah, you know, fair. now that she's no longer doing that professionally, she looks like a normal person and yes. can still move and looks like she can definitely like throw a serious punch, but she can't do all like the crazy acrobatic sort of maneuvers anymore. So yeah. it's sort of like, what's the point? Yeah. Oh, well, I she has could... shitty views, so fuck her and let's not talk about her. Yeah. Also, she's a dickhead. Also, she's a bit, yeah. Also, Moving, she's cancelled. She's cancelled and a bit actor <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I was, wa- I was. I've been watching some classic musicals, and I watched a Forty Second Street and Gold Diggers of nineteen thirty three. Oh, Gold Diggers rules! Gold Diggers is so good. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so yeah. good. Can we? Can no offense. Can we just start with the episode now? Oh, this is how what? It <laughs> no. Oh wow! All right, Ollie's getting. It starts with us talking about Gold Diggers of nineteen thirty three. Let's do a whole forty <laughs> minutes on Gold Diggers of nineteen whatever. Like anyone will know what we're talking about. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Audience is gone. Um, how does this? How does this normally start? Uh, Ollie's gone, so we can talk about old musicals now. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say really quickly is it makes me laugh because I was like I was watching it and just like I was watching these old musicals and thinking when did they invent like music? <laughs> when did like <laughs> when did like music stop just being kind of talking with a little bit of like rhythm? It was just like or. Like when did like kind of music itself, like the band, become like a bit more rhythmic in like the music they present? I still, I'm not trying to bash it. It's just funny how like the, like 1933 is fucking early, <laughs> and um, it's weird how different things sound. Is I guess what yeah, I'm it's saying. a totally different style, totally different style. 
Anyway, but it's amazing. Um, how do, how does this start, Ollie? When it's not a normal intro, do I just go hello and welcome to? Adjust Your Tracking, a podcast where we're on adventure to watch the century cinema decade by decade, year by year. I am one half of your host, Liam, and with me is my friend. Hello, I'm Ollie. And we're here today for one of our little, like, special wrap-up episodes we tend to do at the end of the miniseries. You know, we just kind of talk about the films we've watched and pretend to give them awards. <laughs> I don't know, it's a good Yeah, we call it the trackies. The trackies, the golden yeah. trackies. I actually forgot that's what it was called. <laughs> so this is the trackies. <laughs> oh, this is going well. But with us, as always, because every time we like to do these trackies, we invite our friend, Mr. Brandon Khan, with us. Brandon so, Khan is in the house, ready to nail those trackies to the winners. The glorious winners. I can't remember. I keep, every time we do a trackies, I try and find pictures of gold tracksuits to kind of put on some artwork for like the episode. And then. My all my social media feeds are then just filled with advertisements for golden tracksuits and that's amazing. Terrible <laughs> attire here. Yeah. You, you should so buy you're, of them. you're sitting there I wearing golden tracksuits now. Then I am, yeah. we, we all should. Every time on. we record this, we all need to wear golden tracksuits. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Although, it does remind me of someone who won't be mentioned. The kind of tracksuit, golden tracksuit, reminds me of someone bad. I don't know what that means. Oh, are you talking about a top of the pops host? Yes, I'm talking about top of the Yes. <laughs> is it true that, that there's going to be like a show about, like a film or something played by yeah, Steve, Steve Coogan? Yeah, Steve Coogan. Gonna... That's, That's not good. Just don't do it. Just don't. No, I don't know what's happening. What you I have about. no idea what's going on. I'm all for it. Whatever. We're talking Go about it, Jimmy Savile. Who? Like, oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, no, I was yeah. here when that I remember. Okay. Yeah, Steve Coogan's playing Jimmy Savile. That That's... sounds uh, interesting. Yeah, I just don't nice think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, just, just leave it. I don't leave it alone. Yeah, totally. Anyway, that's he doesn't get. Way. He's not getting any trackies because Steve Coogan's not up for any this week. No, anyway, we're ta- we're reclaiming him. taking back the golden tracksuit from him. Fuck him. Yeah, <laughs> it's for the. Yeah, we're rec- we're reclaiming it for good. For <laughs> as a force for good. Yeah, we're gonna start a band. Would, and we all wear. I don't think that's okay. We'll look I, like the Beastie Boys, I guess. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll look exactly like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Latter day. <laughs> yeah. Wait. Shall we just? Uh, I don't know. What's to say about this mini series? It's been quite fun doing the eighties. Um, it's a little different than other other mini series. Like, it's different to the fifties and seventies. It wasn't quite so like just nailing like those classic films because we'd seen a lot of them, I guess. Um, so it's a bit of a mixed bag of the kind of films we watched and mixed genre yeah. as well, which I thought was kind of fun. It was really all over the place. It really was all over the place. Um, In a good did, way. You have, did you In have fun way. watching some of these, Brandon? Because obviously I, you've probably seen like, you know, Fitzcarraldo and stuff before. But So I did. And, and the last couple of times I've been on, I, I was saying like, oh, I've seen, I've seen this one. I've seen, I've seen loads of these. I'm like so educated. <laughs> this time I'd only seen two. Uh, before, so this was uh, a lot of checking off quite a few films off the list that I really wanted to see and never gotten around to. Uh, so that was great, uh, including a couple of uh, uh, bangers and a couple of uh, the ones that weren't bangers were all interesting. There was nothing that I didn't get anything out of. So yeah, I had loads yeah, of true. fun. Two that I've seen were obviously Fitzcarraldo and Do the Right Thing, which are yeah the other than Moonstruck, I guess the most w- widely seen. 
probably yeah yeah and certainly be. amongst amongst old film nerds yeah those are the yeah, I, I most widely so, yeah yeah moonstruck's the most popular by far clearly. yeah yeah by I mean, miles my dinner with andre is pretty that's pretty well known too but that's well it's known. i would i'd say i guess maybe that and fitzcarraldo are on the same level of like film nerds will have seen it this yeah yeah that's true i don't know yeah i don't know and I think in the but that's 80s, one of the ones that that's one of the ones that I've it, never seen. My dinner with Andre is a fantastic example of one of the ones I'd never seen, but wanted to for years and had never gotten around to. And you guys gave me a golden opportunity for it, a golden tracksuit opportunity, <laughs> and I jumped right onto it or inside of it. I was going to say that. <laughs> I'd like to see them both wearing golden tracksuits while eating their dinners. It would have definitely made the film a lot more interesting. How about we me. remake my dinner with Andre and just it's the same exact thing except everyone's wearing gold tracksuits. <laughs> and Peter Andre's in it. Or Andre it's, the Giant. My dinner with well, Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. my, I, I, I bet that joke's some, never been made before. It'll, yeah, it'll, be, it'll be my dinner my dinner with Andre Agassi. <laughs> <laughs> oh. How many Andres can we name? <laughs> it'll be Andre that's, Agassi, that's but, it, still, but still, but still, Wallace Shawn. So it'll be Wallace Shawn on one end, and Andre Agassi just talking about like his forehand technique, uh, and it'll be Wallace Shawn saying his exact same lines from the film. There's, there's an internet petition at the moment for him to replace um, Daniel Craig, isn't there? As the new what? Bond, I think Andre Agassi or Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Wallace Shawn. <laughs> Wallace okay. Shawn should be everyone. Oh, yeah, he Sean. should. How many awards film. is Wallace? Why, why don't they just many, hire him how, for everything? I know. How many how many awards is Wallace Shawn going to win today? At oh, least fifteen. Right? That's a good that's a good segue, I think. So yeah. how should we do it? Should we just each round robin our top ten? Now we do the end top, and then top, ah, do that at the end. At the end, yeah. You don't. Oh, open right, okay, with okay, best okay. picture. Come on. Well, I think right. you said this exact same thing last time I was on Ali, and it's totally insane. Liam's correct. What are you saying? <laughs> Why would you say that? Because I'm an idiot. All right then. Should we do? Actor Come on. We'll first, open with then? best actor. Yeah. We'll open with best okay. actor. Male or female? Male. Best okay. actor. Or in male. between. Okay. All right. Okay. Liam, who go, you who go goes first. first? Liam goes first. Okay. Uh, okay. Um. This is going to be a controversial one. I don't want to go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to give it to Wallace Shawn and Andre Gregory. I'm going to get. They're there going to go. both get it. They're going to both no, get it because that is controversial. They're the same person. <laughs> they are. They are two halves of a whole. Wow. If I had to give anyone, it'd be Wallace Shawn. If I can only give it one of them, it would be Wallace Shawn, actually. And um, the reason for that is that that film works and that film is watchable because of Wallace Shawn, um, mainly. His performance in that is uh, carries the film. And But I think it's a very much a two-header and I'd, I'd be hard to push between them. That's why I, I think they could, should kind of split it in, my, in mine. They can have a pant leg each, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's great. They can split it in half and each one wears half. I think that's a good yeah. choice. What about you, Ollie? Eat half. Uh, for me, oh, okay. I found this one quite difficult, actually, personally. Because, like, I don't want to bury the lead, but my favourite film, the lead actor, I didn't think was that great in it, personally. But And then, like, you had films like Ruthless People, where I think Danny DeVito did, like, a, he had, a, you know, he was great in it, but I think he He's was so pretty good much Danny DeVito, like, in every other film. Um, I kind of, I narrowed it down to two, and I was, I can't decide the two. So you can you could one of you can pick which one I think no, you should pick. be my best. Come on, no, you, you got to pick. You got to. You got to. It's either between Klaus Kinski or Nicolas Cage. 
Oof. And I'm yeah. probably going to go for Klaus Kinsey just because he was just fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So my mind came down to the same three people, basically, for all the reasons you said. I agree this was a hard category. There actually aren't a ton of great choices in a weird way. This is um, yeah. a, lot of the female, a lot of the female performances yeah, stand out yeah, a lot Yeah, more. definitely. Um, definitely. Because um, the, the guy I, in Krill was rubbish. Streets of Fire, yeah, of he was lame. <laughs> yeah, he's lame <laughs> too. I like DeVito. I like uh, Spike Lee more than you two. Uh, I didn't particularly love what's his face in Altered States. Um, no, I didn't agreed. like Hurt. No. But I liked, I liked, I liked the film, and I like what he's doing. But I don't love him. Yeah. Uh, there's nobody. There's no male lead in women uh, on the Virgin Rivers Breakdown. Uh, Nick Cage and Denny Aiello are both good in Moonstruck, so they stuck out. The guys in My Dinner with Andre stuck out, so I I consider them. But it's got to be Klaus Kinski. It's got to be yeah. Kinski. I mean, he's yeah, he's it's it's an iconic yeah. iconic performance. He's uh, he's equally good and equally insane in Aguirre, the Wrath of God. If you haven't caught up with that yet, no, similar kind of thing. Uh, he that, struggles. He struggles got, with the English. Sorry, go ahead. sorry. No, I was going to say, ahead. like, I, you know, when I was doing my uh, my list where people had to pick numbers, and I'd watch that film. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, James picked that film, but I still haven't got around to watching it. So uh, I it's, to you know what? That. I know, like, uh, well, maybe we'll get into this later. Um, because uh, I like Fitz Coraldo a bit more than both of you. Not that I disagreed with either of your takes, actually, about the health and safety violations. Uh, <laughs> but Aguirre, the Wrath of God, is the version that's a little bit less out of control in terms of the production okay. and stuff. So you can appreciate it maybe a bit more. I have a feeling watching all those supplemental things we watched, like the two other documentaries, may have like tainted. Well, at least in my no, no, point, you're totally it, right. You're it totally could have right. tainted like how I perceive the film because had I just watched the film and nothing fair. else, I may have. But had I also a different think reaction to it. I think you're right, but I also think those the supplementary stuff is almost like part of the canon if you're watching Fitzcarraldo. Oh Fitzcarra. yeah, I agree. it totally like, is. I think it's better. They are better than the film. So much better. Just like, seeing how Klaus Kinski is in those documentaries. I mean, one's about yeah. him, isn't it? You know, and sure. it's just it adds to him. You know, just just adds to like that performance and that. Yeah, he's he's but a like, bad man. Uh, it makes the film. It's the best he's thing screaming. about Fitzcarraldo is is him. It is of course his, yeah. his entire him, him full bodied performance. I want my opera house is yes. uh, pretty pretty classic <laughs> stuff you can't really get much better than that he does like on a technical level uh you know the film i think struggles in the english language version which is the one i saw as well and i remember mm. being really confused um and i don't think that helps at all uh so yeah, Aguirre, i thought it was of god's yeah, in I, german yeah they, i was really confused it was english language when i put it yeah. on i was very confused yeah. by it yeah <laughs> i was same. like but surely it's, it's this should be, be yeah, but it's i don't know i it's put it great. on in um in German or whatever, and then I'm, I was watching the lips, and I was like, "Hang on, they're speaking English." This is <laughs> yeah, really weird. It's super bizarre. Uh, but anyway, so that that hinders his performance, I guess, a little bit on like a technical level, and at certain points makes it like technically worse than say Nicolas Cage or Danny Aiello uh, in their element in Moonstruck mm. or or uh, Wallace Shawn. But it's just his whole physicality, his whole insanity. Uh, probably not a great guy. Not a fun shoot for everybody else there. Fair enough. But you got to give the devil his due on that one. He's he's yeah. uh, one for the ages. Yeah, he's yeah he's a just an icon, just an absolute icon. Yeah. You can't take that away from him at all. Like, no, for at sure, all. for sure. And I love Nick Cage in all his sweaty, hairy, like yeah. <laughs> like white yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was, in Moonstruck. He was great. Yeah, he's great. He's great. He's great too. Get me my uh, knife. So we move on to the uh, lady. So we do best actress. Yes. Sure. Is that going to move on to? Do you want me to go Harder first? Harder category. Yes. Well, how about we just continue this order all the way through? 
No, because some of them I want to hear what you say first. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. You tell me when that happens. You tell me when that happens. Uh, okay. I've gone for... Um, uh, this is so difficult. I am still fighting over it. But I think I've got to give it to Sandrine Bonaire for Vagabond. Oh, yeah. She's um, amazing. Just, just stunning performance uh, that she carries that whole fucking film on her back. like, um, And for such a young actress to take that role on that's just so like like absolutely I don't know she just plays that kind of lost soul so well and to see her kind of spiralling is um, it breaks my heart basically the films does and I think like I just think she's amazing I don't got nothing more to say about the part from she's fucking amazing in it so I, I think yeah Sandrine had to go with um, where's Oliver Jones going no, I'm just listening because I was going to say my choice was exactly the same, Sandrine Bonaire as well. Right. Um, I thought um, Carmen Mura was very good in uh, Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. But she I was think, good to you. But Sandrine Bonaire got my vote just for, exa- for the same reasons Liam said, just carried that film on her back, in a, in a backpack. Uh, I will go. Uh, she is also one of my choices but i was struggling to pick between her and share uh Cher, in yeah. moonstruck uh totally different performances completely different movies yeah <laughs> uh sandrine bonaire is the more unique performance and probably the more impressive but just to give a little bit of a shout out to share here i'll i'll switch it up sure. uh and and go uh with her i don't think i've seen her in another movie have i i must have really? at some point in my life have you not seen i don't know have I not seen which one? Silkwood. What? Silkwood. <laughs> Have you never Silkwood? seen Silkwood? I don't, I don't yeah. No, I've never heard of that. <laughs> really, with Meryl Streep. It's a Mike Nichols film. It's Meryl Streep, oh, wow. Kurt Russell, and Cher. It's about um, she's a uh, working at like a a meta meta. You, you had me sold. You had me sold at Mike Nichols. I'll check that out for sure. <laughs> it's awesome. Anyway. Cher's brilliant in it. Anyway, she's great. I love how um, how somehow, you know, she's a total rock star of a person in real life, but somehow sheds that entirely and yeah. feels more real uh, than certainly the insane brothers she's going out with uh, in, the, in the film. Like she's more grounded than, say, Danny Aiello's performance. He's meant to be melodramatic, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And, and she's somehow, you know, being out divad even though she's one of like the America's greatest the divas of the 20th century. The world. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So I think that takes a lot of a lot of I don't know what talent. She's I guess. Proud of it. Would you yeah. say though, like the mother who played, who's it, Olympia, Olympia Dukakis? Dukakis. Which I would yeah. say she's just as much the lead as well. I mean, I, I suppose you would say that's supporting, really. But it's classic supporting. I would call it. I, think. I call I think, that supporting, and we will get to it. But, we will but get to it. Yeah, scene for scene, I think they're in the. I think they've got the same amount of scenes and things like that, though. If you if you want to Possibly. break it down, maybe. But share's definitely. The film's the about share. It's sold on share, isn't it? No, I, mean, I, I, think, I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I, I agree with you completely that probably if if I was forced to pick and it was just me, I'd pick Sandrine Bonner as well. But share, she's fantastic. Love love what she does there. I like what you're saying as well because that that role in Moonstruck is so real. It feels so so grounded for like, and she's playing yeah. like an old older single woman. And this point in Cher's career, she's not a fucking grounded normal person. You know, it's the fucking no. mid eighties Cher. She's an absolute superstar diva. Wasn't you know? it, was this her rock era where she was kind of like? Who else thinks that she looked better? Time. 
She looked like that better era, be- before. She was looking better before the makeover for me. Right, she looked right, 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 right. Which is amazing. I like the you know, she had gray her, in nice, her, hair. her nice gray hairs. Yeah, yeah, she looked great. Anyway, it's a, of course she yeah, shared. Of course she looks great. She share. She share. She share. She share. But yeah, like, like right. just some some other like it was just full of really good like female leads as we were saying before. Like uh, just yeah. loads of the films were and but yeah, I just on air. Shout out, shout out to shout out to. I didn't like it because I don't. I'm not a huge fan. But Bette Midler and Ruthless People went went for it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Shout yeah. out. Um, funny actually in a way that I didn't. I'd never was, really seen I'm, Bette Midler in that way. So I'm surprised you didn't pick uh, Diane Lane from uh, Streets of Fire, Brandon. She doesn't. She doesn't have enough to do. Uh, that's actual <laughs> acting. She wins my heart, but not. Uh, <laughs> Not the not the tracky. She doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, she doesn't do anything. She doesn't do anything but look good for me personally and me alone. We don't need Brandon to be getting horny on main. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep it, let's keep that off the let's keep podcast. PG. Yeah, let's keep it PG. Let's, I need let's to stay go. calm for the rest of these trackies so I can be professional. Ollie also already dropped it, so let's go to supporting actress. So who have we got okay. for that? I'm gonna I'm well, gonna pass go it over to Ollie first. No, I'm gonna pass it oh, to Ollie me. first. Well, I already spoiled it. I picked Olympia Dukakis because I thought she was fantastic in Moonstruck, and I think for me she was the standout performance in that film. She's wonderful in that film. She's yeah, absolutely she's wonderful. Amazing. This is probably this is probably the easiest award actually. You could the only competition she has is some of the women in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Yeah, yeah, that's I am um, like the the crazy I actually, ex-wife I, or partner or whatever who. I think Ollie should stop saying what people are going to guess before. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I yeah, because I want to give it to Julietta Serrano. Serrano. Um, oh, nice, Julietta Serrano. She? So she's the uh, the ex in um, in Woman on the Verge. So she's Which the ex. The crazy ex, the crazy one who tries to kill him at the end. Oh, who the tries airport. to kill him at the end? That's yeah. a great scene, isn't it? I just watched that last night. It's so good, but it's and so she, slow the way it happens. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so fucking. Well, that's, funny. that's oh. how sh- that's how crimes that's how crimes work in Spain. They're really slow because no one's used to them. <laughs> just so relax everyone just and chill. Everyone just stands there and goes like, "Wait, what the hell's going on? I don't understand." Whereas in America, like the Secret Service pops out, the snipers already like everyone just starts. Everyone's in action mode right away. In Spain, everyone's just, they just had their siesta. They're super chill. <laughs> Her on the back of that motorcycle, just the, the scarf blowing in the air and her oh, hair yeah, just getting amazing. bigger and it's just so good. It's such it's such a huge performance that's so funny. She's great. And man. I can't stop thinking about it. So I had to give it to her. Even though Olympia Dukakis just in Moonstruck is just fabulous. Like there's nothing. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna agree with you, Liam. That was my second choice. because uh, I, I agree she was she stood out in that movie with lots of good female performances in it. Yeah, um, but it's got to be Olympia Dukakis. I'm going to agree with. Didn't she win the Academy Award? I think I'm going to agree did. with them. Yeah, she did. Green I'm going to agree with the Academy on that one. That's a killer supporting performance. She's great. Near the end of the movie, there's one line that I didn't. I wasn't like massively in love with the film. I enjoyed it, but it's it's yeah, not necessarily same. not not my energy. But there's yeah, a sure. scene late later in the film. She has a couple of good ones later, um, and it's when she picks up or has a conversation with that dickhead college professor character and they start walking home and he's like invite me in and she says i won't and he asks her why and she says because i know who i am and the way that she delivered that line is like the it was so awesome and so like powerful and i was like i wish i had that kind of like steel in my spine ever in my life this woman's awesome her in the breakfast scene at the end of the film is so good 
like yeah. um just just yelling at Cher about you know you got a love bite on your neck and what's going on it's just so good yeah, at, like good keeping that's this good keeping this family together you know she is the absolute glue of and makes everything work and her strength is what everyone else feeds off and and she just comes fully bodied through her performance I think she's great and how much it's to... weird how much they looked alike yeah Dukakis yeah you and could Cher. believe them they this most the believable non-related uh related like you know, in movies, people are sibling, or you know, they're supposed to be related, but they're clearly not. Uh, Danny Aiello and Nicholas Cage don't look alike at all. That's okay. No. Those two <laughs> no. look like they were definitely actually related. Yeah, definitely. And Weird. They, just she, whatever she was doing, she felt like she lived in that house. You know, they felt like they grew up there. They, oh, like, yeah. Same with Cher. Like it just, it just felt full bodied. That film did. I think. Um, was, I agree. I, was that a film set in Manhattan? They were in Brooklyn, buddy. Well, they're in Brooklyn, okay. I was yeah, the say, other side of there, the a, Italian. That's the Italian version. Brooklyn, of the right thing. Because <laughs> it's quite a big house, isn't it, for New York? You had a very. It was. Yeah, they made a point of it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very Brooklyn centric. Um, that's a very New York centric um, list. You got three New York movies. Yeah, three New York movies. Yeah. yeah. Out of your ten, there you go. Altered States is a New York movie, isn't it? I. Uh, yeah, it's in the area, isn't it? In Boston. Oh, it might be in Boston. Oh, it it's an East Coast. It's an East Coast. Coast, it? East Coast it's movie. definitely East Coast, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's. I think there might be either mention of going to New York or some section of the film they might be living in New York, but it's not always there. Sure. Good point. Sh- shall we switch to supporting then? Supporting actor, male. Sure. Much harder. Much harder. This is really hard. I really struggled with this. Um, massively struggled with it. I want to hear yours first. Actually, this is the one I didn't want to say first. Who? Me or Ollie? Either. I'm going to go for Brandon, please. I'm going to select Jesus. Brandon okay. on the shelf. I'll have a beat, please, Bob. <sighs> okay, all right. Or shall we go with Ollie? Because uh, he said this was the easiest category. So you already well, said that. Well, Brandon threw a spanner in the works for me just a minute ago because I totally forgot about this person in uh, you're, you're going <laughs> to do the same wow. thing again. Wow. But anyway, right. no, no, but I'll tell you who I'm going to go for. I'm just going to go for my gut. <laughs> Reaction, which was Ozzy Davis in yes. Do the Right uh, Thing, yes. who was fantastic. So, yeah, like, said that. but I think Moonstruck had some great supporting actors, like you know the dad. Talk about Ozzy. Talk about Ozzy. But Ozzy, yeah, and just a fantastic, Ozzie? just the, the the heart and soul of that film for me, I think. And yeah. you know, like even though he was a drunk kind of you know bumbling fool, he still had a heart of gold and like. Yeah, I don't know. Just, I just thought he was fab. Like, I've only ever seen him. I think I may have seen him in more, but the only thing other film I can think of is Bubba Hote. Oh, he's so but, good um, in yeah. Bubba Hote. I know, I know, <laughs> really he's been in some of the Spike films as well. But um, yeah, but I want to seek him out in some more films because he was fantastic. He's such a such a awesome actor. It really is, or was I should say, because he died obviously. But like, um, such such an amazing giant of a man, and that kind of yeah. um. That performance in Do the Right Thing is just remarkable. Just the growth that they pushes the character through, and it's all like through his heart. Like you just feel yeah. him playing that kind of empathy, pushing through him. I was properly impressed by that performance. I just they, it's almost like you know you're saying before it's almost a lead in that kind of film. It's yeah. a it's a you know um, I think Spike, Danny, and Ozzy are the kind of almost three leads of that film. Even though Spike is really, I guess Spike is pretty much the lead, but. It's um yeah. Do we do yeah. we? Is Danny Aiello in Do the Right Thing a supporting actor? Right. Yeah, yeah I think he must be supporting. Really, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, because that leads to my main problem, which is that uh, it's either Ossie Davis or Danny Aiello. 
and do the right thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I absolutely adore Aussie Dave, but basically, um, uh, spoiler alert, that's my favorite movie here by a million miles and it doesn't even <laughs> come close. Uh, it's one of the best films ever made. Uh, I kind of, I kind of wanted to disqualify it for most of the awards, which I've done in sure. the past, but this time I said, forget it. I, I remember it well enough where, um, I felt comfortable handing out awards. Uh, both of those performances are amazing. Uh, I love them both dearly. They both have, uh, specific line readings that I can never get out of my head. One mm. of which is Ossie Davis saying, do the right thing. And the other is Danny mm. Aiello after the riot, when he's screaming at Spike Lee that he built this place with his own fucking hands. Mm. The is, is honestly one of my favorite performance moments ever in the history. I just cannot, I love it so much. Uh, the emotion of it is just so real and so vivid. And it's, um, uh, the fact that he's a character that you disliked 10 minutes prior uh, yes, and then and then comes around with that, and you sort of understand his point of view a little bit better, and you feel sympathy for him. And I don't know, it's just incredible. Uh, so I don't know who to pick there. I do have some personal uh, uh, anecdotes about do, do the right thing. One of which is about Ossie Davis and his death. Actually, uh, now that you brought that up, I'm going to go. I'm going to give the award to Ossie Davis. I'm going to quickly do this anecdote. Okay. Uh, uh, back in 2004, uh, a friend, which is when he died. A friend of mine and myself, we wrote like a like a really bad science fiction script uh, that was like very derivative. Um, uh, what was we it called? Jo- I don't remember. It might have been called Elseworld or something. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, Aussie, we basically we wrote this whole thing. We had a good time, and there's sort of like a phobie one character, like in Crawl, uh, you know, just like another Gandalf ripoff <laughs> character. And I wanted it to be Aussie Davis. I was like, we could let's get Aussie Davis to play this role. It'd be amazing. Uh, 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 and it just so happens that uh, I could get his address, and so we sent him the script <laughs> <laughs> with a little note saying, "Like we think you should play this character." Uh, and uh, and then he died, and so my guess was that our script was that bad that it killed Ossie <laughs> Davis, <laughs> um, uh, which isn't true, obviously. And all due respect to to a legend, what makes what really makes this story isn't that it's that ruby d his wife who's in do the right thing as well yeah sent sent us back a lovely note thanking us for sending this script and thinking about her husband uh for this role we're nobody it was the stupidest script she she, they're amazing they're just incredible people uh both of them um absolutely yeah she and it was i can't actually i wish i had it with me and i couldn't find it uh because it really was super sweet and and you know she said uh, you know obviously uh, Aussie has passed so uh, that's that but we really appreciate you sending this through it was it was it was amazing uh, to 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 get and really yeah showed you exactly for me it showed you exactly why those two are so well loved and well respected yeah. uh, in in the New York theater scene and, and cinema scene so that's uh, personal aside number one about you should have offered thing. it to Ruby and, D the role she would have done it. <laughs> She would have. Yeah, why not? Just, yeah, just it was. It was. Gender, it's, gender it was. Yeah, it was beneath them both. Um, <laughs> for for sure. Did she put uh, that at the bottom of the script, like a little asterisk? Just maybe give it a few more rewrites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was. It was. It was poor. But anyway, it didn't matter. It didn't matter how poor it was. Ruby D was cool about it because she's as cool as it gets. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Casting them as the as mother, casting them in do the right thing is so smart as well. Just um, yeah, just feeding off their actual real relationship. I I almost wondered if like, 
you know, I I, co- I thought like Demare and like mother sister might have been a relationship previously as well. Like, yeah, that that's what I kind of got from. That's it, how I well. understood. That's how I understood it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. such a good film. I want to say like. I had Ozzy Davis down as well, but I was really close to giving it to John Mahoney for Moonstruck. This is what I wanted to say. Um, yeah, which yeah. one's Which one's John Mahoney? He's, he's the, the one you said was the, that you said yeah. about. Yeah, he's oh, the he's really good. Him. He's so good in Moonstruck, and it's such a strong supporting little role that you know Brandon already mentioned it. It's such a strong little three scenes I think he's in that absolutely just yeah. land that film and and um, and you remember it. You remember his performance. Yeah, he sticks in your mind. He sticks in your mind no matter how small yeah. it is. He has a perfect little arc, doesn't he? In that he does, perfect little arc, film. yeah, yeah. He's giving everything. It's all like um, he's, you know, really feels like a full-rounded character and he's putting everything into that. Um, his little, like, twitches with the uh, water getting splashed in his face and he just, those little, like, his shoulders drop and he just, you know, orders, like, <laughs> the, the bill or, like, just his own food or whatever. Like, he knows it's going to happen. Just those little things. I thought he was just wonderful like uh yeah and if i think ozzy ozzy davis just beats it because what a performance but john mahoney's just so good in moonstruck um nice nice felt uh, like it needed shouting out like yeah nice one i um it's nice seeing john seeing john mahoney and stuff like other stuff because i i pretty much watch fraser every day because it's on like first thing in the morning at like six <laughs> excuse in the morning, me what <laughs> so like whenever i wake up just fraser's on oh my god do you not like fraser <laughs> I, I don't know if I like it or not. To be fair, is he in Frasier? <laughs> <laughs> but I love Frasier, and it's just, I love him in Frasier. He's one of the best characters in Frasier, and yeah. it's just, and I, I just love seeing him and stuff. So if I see him in something I've never seen him before, I'm just like, oh, it's John Mahoney. Oh, okay. And he's amazing in the um, Iron Giant. He plays the general in that as well. He is really, yeah, good, yeah, really good voice performance Giant, yeah. in that. I did not know that. Yeah. Really good, yeah. Really, really good actor. Um, we'll miss him, and I can't believe they want to bring Fraser back without him. It's fucking. Stupid. I know that's insane. <laughs> yeah, I hate that. <laughs> I, I, I guess I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> One thing we like to try and give out as well is a best ensemble. So, I wonder if anyone's got any thoughts on that? Oh my god, I actually totally forgot about that. I um, mean, there's an obvious answer. There's so many though, because I think so that's many of true. our films fall into this category. Like, yeah, that's um, true. good three or four of them do. I think. I think there's three that are really strong ensembles, yeah. actually. Yeah, easily. Um, yeah. I had to give it to do the right thing though. Um, yeah, that's that's the obvious answer. Yeah, for me. same. <laughs> Just my I'm God, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disqualify it because, like I said, it's for me. Yeah. It was already. I know. Last time I was on, I said Rashomon's one of my all-time favorite films. Do the right things in that same category for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's an all-time. If you had to, if I, you put a gun to my head and said, you know, give me those top ten favorite sight and sound films, the, it would probably be there. Um, so I'm going to give it to Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, just yeah, to sure. just to spice it up a bit. I thought everybody was. I mean, Almodovar movies are always, frankly, like that. They always have yeah. loads of strong performances that are always really fun, uh, and everybody's. I don't know, unique and bizarre in their own little Almodovian way. Yeah, uh, so sure. I'm going to go with that. The, the uh, Moonstruck's another good one. Is the other that would the be my runner-up? I think because yeah. it has yeah. got like 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 you said, it didn't really win me over, but it definitely you know you can't deny it's got a great cast and it has got yeah. some some great moments in it. Tons of charm in there for sure. But yeah, yeah do the right things is just one of the. It's just the ensemble cast is incredible. It's incredible. Just a it's shame just that incredible. the lead's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's gonna stab you if you keep going. On. No, no, no. It's it's not an uncommon opinion. 
I've, I think I've turned around <laughs> over the years. I don't think he's terrible. Let me just put it that way. But I just think they could have probably picked someone better. But I just think Spike had something he wanted to say and probably felt very personal and just he yeah, felt for like sure. he needs to play that I think character. it's the so, film he's fair. best in. Um, there, there were right. other yeah, Spike Lee performances where I don't think he's good. I think he is actually good in Do the Right Thing. I just don't. Yeah, I he's don't funny. Think he's yeah. bad. He's, but funny just... in, he's funny in Malcolm X, but he's only in a few scenes. Yeah. But the people he's Not... surrounded by, you know, in that film. Oh, you're blowing him out of the water? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that scene that I was talking about at the end with Danny Aiello, where it's like my favorite performance on one end and Spike Lee going, just give me my money on the other end. <laughs> it's, it's what it means of... is, give me my money. <laughs> It's not really a fair comparison uh, between Spike the two. Spike kind of looking past him at that point as well. Like I feel like yeah. it was, yeah, he's a little bit out of it. I think. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. I love you, Spike. I'm not gonna. I don't want to yeah. go. No, Spike is just the best. So let's um, best. let's back away from some of the. Let's go for some of the weird ones we've had down because we had like okay. um, like uh, go on best best food. That was one Ollie brought up. I think. Um, no, so, it wasn't best me. food. Because <laughs> um. Best food you know, is harder because I can't really remember too many. Well, you obviously had the dinner oh, in Dinner with Andre. <laughs> yeah, well, that the was whole disgusting. Dinner. Does that count as the whole dinner? Like the whole yeah, yeah. five courses, whatever they have. You had the only, drugged gazpacho. You had the gazpacho. You have you Danny Ayala's pizza. In, well, that's the clear answer again. Yeah, I'm saying the pizza. <laughs> it's got to be a slice at Sal's. And, uh, with, it, an actually, extra, personal, with the extra cheese. Personal, personal aside... Number three, uh, I have a third one, actually. The pizzeria close to my high school where I went was also called Sal's. Oh, no way. Yeah, I mean, it's a very common name for a pizzeria, to be honest. Yeah, I guess. So, Maybe it is. Yeah, there's quite a, quite a few of them. Uh, we know and where we stand. there's loads of baguettes and wines and French yeah, things. Yeah, I, and ba- oh, I that, wanted to go with... This, um... the stinky the stinky goat's cheese in Vagabond? <laughs> that's it. That's oh, yeah, true. She- that she sells to this. That she sells the to the sex prostitute. worker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sex worker. Yeah. yeah. That's that's my I, real answer. I had to go with um, Olympia Dukakis's eggs in baskets or Texas toast. Oh, those look that looked amazing. So good, I, I, like I, that that Italian amazing. peppers, and I wanted. I, as soon yeah, as I I've been thinking about that since she cooked it in that film. And that's I'm an, like, that's I want an excellent choice. I know excellent choice. Supergirl made a lot of food for uh, Bette Midler in uh, Ruthless People. But that's, she did. Really she did, actually. That's true. <laughs> that was um, Supergirl. <laughs> I knew I recognized her from somewhere. I was really confused watching that. <laughs> it looked to me the, that Judge Reinhold and her were like the normcore, really sweet, nice version of Jeff Goldblum and Linda Hamilton. Yeah, I can the see whole, that. Okay. Yeah, if, like, yeah. If, if Jeff Goldblum had a sweet younger brother... And Linda Hamilton had like a nice, sweet younger sister, and they got together. That would be them. That's do you reckon Linda Hamilton is like a bit, you know? Do you think she's got like a dark side then? Linda Hamilton, she's super yeah. intense. You saw Terminator <laughs> too. She'll rip you apart. <laughs> she would. I've seen her guns, man. Yeah, man. She'll tear you up. The lady in Ruthless People, she's really nice. She wouldn't do that. Yeah, yeah but she she's barely got laser even vision though. You. Yeah, she kidnaps you by mistake and then apologizes. Linda Hamilton and wouldn't apologize. apologize. She'd kick you in the face. She'd just kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. Uh, what about, um, what was the other one we came up with? Uh, best service, work, what was it? Best, best like, oh, yeah, working all... stiff. Best service Work, Working person. stiff. I've got yeah, one best working this, stiff. actually. Uh, okay, mine's, uh, mine's uh, what's he called himself? Uh, the taxi driver in Women on the Verge, anyway. 
Oh, that I can't was remember what he names well. himself. Oh, uh, Mambo, isn't it the Mambo Taxi? Mambo Taxi, is it? Yeah. So good. Yeah, he's amazing. What a, yeah. what a, what a, what a character. What a Steve. Mary Louise was a big fan of him. Yeah, he was great. I love the fact he stocked up on um, eye drops after she, you know, she, she needed some, and he's like, oh, I haven't got any. Of all the things I've got, I haven't got any eye drops. Yeah, yeah. So, I like he said, thank you for smoking, and then gives you like free cigarettes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to smoke in his cat. Well, I assume I I, is it free? I assume to, you can buy stuff. It's like a little store in there, or do you reckon it's? Is it, it's I think it was free. like a. And then I felt like it was sort of like an honesty system with a little basket to put uh, some pesos in. Was my guess. Fair enough. That was my guess. I will go. I will go with the gigantic Mayan guy in Fitzcarraldo, uh, ah, who who's like yes. Fitzcarraldo's like uh, right hand man who fixes the boat and everything. Yeah, uh, is that the chef? Yeah. Or is that some? Is that someone else? I, I can't remember exactly what he does. Yeah, uh, he basically is the guy trying to keep the whole thing together behind the scenes while Fitzcarraldo's being a psychopath. <laughs> um, I changed my I changed mine now. It's it's now mine is the the guy who in Fitzcarraldo who's looking after the the railroad tracks. Oh, what? I love him. <laughs> I love him. The yeah. Oh God, I don't what remember is his that. Name? I don't remember that they, at all. It's where they, they go, basically, one of his harebrained schemes was to do like a railway system, wasn't it? And then he decides yeah. then to go to that place to get to tear up all the railroads so he can put the boat on the railroad tracks to over the hill, I think. That's one of his plans, I think. And I uh, this guy's been protecting it from like the savages or whatever. Wow. Yeah, he's, the actor is a Grande Otello. Otello. Um, he's is he a, like a silent so comedian actor or something? Yeah, he was a big Brazilian yeah, actor, comedian, TV yeah. guy. A uh, like big comedian. Uh, yeah, what a good performance. I love him in Fitzcarraldo. I'll try and him. find... I yeah, don't know fantastic. who my guy is, actually. I can't remember his name. But anyway, well, the, I think it's the because... cook who is who's called... Uh, it's called Harukiki? Harukiki? But apparently that's okay. his real name as well. So apparently they just named him after his real name. <laughs> okay. He doesn't appear to be on the letterbox, I don't think. <laughs> I reckon he, he was the real cook on the... He probably was, <laughs> but he's, he, stuck out, he stuck out to me. Uh, I mean, one, he's, his, like, he's just huge and interesting and cool and, and stuff. But uh, right away, it was like a nostalgia trip because he's in a movie that was a Mystery Science Theater episode back in the day uh, called Puma Man. And he's oh, like the. Oh, you're about the big guy with the big jaw, aren't you? Yeah, the huge dude. Yeah, he looks guy. like he's about to. He's going to fight the predator at any moment. Uh, is what he looks oh, like he's going to do. Kiki. I've got the wrong guy. Ah, so yeah, I'm he's getting confused. I'm getting confused with these people. Me too. He's a anyway, big giant man. I there's a scene. There's a scene in the middle of Fitzcarraldo where him and Klaus Kinski and some other random character are like on a tower in the middle of the jungle. And they're looking out and they're about to do something. And the camera's like this big helicopter shot around them as they're on this watchtower. And I swear to God, I thought the Predator was about to show up. And those three <laughs> guys were going to fight the Predator. And I'm like, all I want to see is a movie where that dude and, and Klaus Kinski fight the Predator. Uh, I think that'd be I reckon fantastic. you could probably insert the Predator in there if you really wanted to. You could I think it'd be pretty easily done. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think I found him. His name is Miguel Angel Fuentes. Thank you. That's the actor's uh, name. So- and his character name was Cholo. Miguel, uh, Miguel Fuentes, uh, thank you so much for being uh, cool and awesome, and also in Puma Man, where he plays basically the same character. 
Yeah, because oh, you have the picture on Google as well, so isn't? nice. He's got a big smile. He looks all friendly. I like him. Yeah, he seems like a really nice guy. Because you've got the captain, haven't you, and the cook in that film as well. Yes, yeah. that's it. That's who I was getting confused with. I was mixing. Yeah, so th- those well, are those yeah. are the guys. Those are the guys trying to like uh, keep everybody alive while Fitzcarraldo tries to kill them all, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Uh, and so I'm going to give it to him. Yeah, right. the waiter in my dinner with Andre is a good choice too. Yeah, he is. Oh, that's mm. the other one I was thinking of. But he's it's not as fun. He's not fun. Yeah. He's not as fun. No, I think I think the probably the taxi and women on the verge is the right answer actually. I quite no, like I the uh, waiter we're... in Moonstruck as well. The guy who um the guy who's like trying to help the guy plan the Oh yeah. And the uh yeah, with the champagne and stuff like that, yeah. He's good. Good call. Right, sh- good call. Yeah, should we go for best music? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. This is hard though. This one was hard but, too. I went I um, I mean I'll go. I went for Streets of Fire and I've listened okay. to that soundtrack quite a lot recently like since Really? Then. And I really enjoy it, and I've actually watched the film a few times, and it's become a little bit of a guilty pleasure of mine now. Huh. Oh, cool. That's cool. It's well just, done. That's cool. Like, yeah. I, I kind of stopped blaming it for the film that it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and accepted it for the film that it is, and just kind of just, well, you know, it's just one of those, it's just not a forgettable film, but it's just like, it's just a fun little romp. Yeah, it could have been a bit more, but um, but I enjoy the music in it. I think, you know, the the... The two or three main tracks that um, Diane Lane's character sings or whatever are, are bangers, and uh, yeah, I enjoy it. That's cool. This is this is interesting because I we prefer have, Liam's uh, rendition, though personally. Yeah, yeah, we've got two <laughs> films. We've got two films with iconic songs. One of which is Streets of Fire. Yeah, and the others do the right thing, and then we have scores in the rest of them. Uh, so it's kind of difficult, oh, except for Moonstruck, which uses my least favorite song in the history of the human race over and over again. Oh God, I hate that song so much. <laughs> anyway, uh, I am. Um, uh, I think uh, it's also because Billy Joel did a lot of the soundtrack for um, Rufus People as well. Um, oh and no, I thought- that means it's definitely the worst one. <laughs> and, and Mick Jagger did the opening and Mick theme Jagger. song. <laughs> oh, it's getting worse by the moment. Uh, I I was difficult. People. I was torn between two. Um, to be honest, what are you going to say, Brandon? Might I'm going to go with a left field choice. I'm going to go with a left field choice here. Actually, I'm going to go with Altered States. Ooh, uh, wow, with had with had a creepy uh, a creepy score that I really enjoyed the hell out of. Um, so I'm going with that. Obviously, the the, the best song is Fight the Power. No question. Yeah. Does is not even a debate. Street I was fire is super I, fun. I didn't know that was for that film. I didn't know it was really yeah. for do the right thing. Insane, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, quite a few good remixes and and redos as well. There was a recent, I want to say in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty, where they added a lot of new people, new verses. Nas does a verse. Uh, it's killer. Recommend. Uh, find it on Spotify. Anyway, Streets of Fire is wicked uh, as well. I agree with you, Ali, but. Uh, uh, I didn't want to go with songs. I wanted to go with the score, I guess. Fair so uh, I don't know why. That's when I think of best music. That's what it, they're like two different categories, aren't they? Yeah, so I know. I, but I we kinda, just ram them together. I we were, yeah, I thought we were going with score. Uh, and Mine, I, looked at, I looked at the 10 and went, there's almost no score in any of these. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> and then I looked up on on uh, YouTube. And I remember that Altered States was compelling uh, in that way. And then I looked it up on YouTube and went, oh, yeah, this 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 rips. So I went with that. My favourite was um, I wanted to give a shout out to Senor Love Daddy and Public Enemy, and because the music and do the right thing is amazing. Yeah. But um, the first one that popped into my mind when I, the first time I thought about it was Fitz Corrado, actually. So I want to give it to Fitz Corrado. Oh. Um, just that you know the opera 
like is just you know populates that film mm. it's the soundtrack for all of it um you know and it's like winding Fitzcarraldo's like mania as well like and his obsession and i um i just thought when I, whenever we said music i thought of Fitzcarraldo first so i wanted to give it to Fitzcarraldo and i think the composer was Popol Popol Vu who's a re- frequent collaborator with um Mr Werner Herzog as well so oh, there you go i mean so uh, give it to him Kroll had a decent James Horner score as well, but the it things, did actually the things with it James did. Horner scores, did, yeah. a lot of them sound quite similar. You'll hear a lot of his themes in other films and stuff like that that he's done. So you probably heard like bits of Alien, right. Aliens or whatever, and stuff like that in <coughs> in uh, Kroll and that. But um, was it My Dinner with Andre? I only had one song at the beginning and the end. I'm trying to remember. Was it? Oh yeah, it just that, it used that amazing uh, music cue at the end. Yeah, which I learned, yeah, which I, I liked end, it. Yeah. I liked it so much. I learned how to play it. I did, uh, cool. Yeah, and I can't remember what it's called now. <laughs> it's that dun 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 dun. Yeah, It's something. It's kind of like in G main. Well, it's, you know, it's kind yeah, of yeah. It's something in G, isn't it? Yeah, it's like <laughs> we're so good. We're all yeah, the information. It's, it's called something 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 by somebody <laughs> in G. <laughs> yep, in a key, in, a, in some musical key. Well done, us. Top marks. They they can Top Google marks. it. Whatever. Whatever. It's yeah. a song from Dinner with Andre that I yeah. guess existed before it. <laughs> it definitely it's did. It's in it's in loads of it's in loads Here of other films actually. It's called Gymnoptopy Number One or something like that. I kind of. No, that's it. That's gym, it. Gymnopony. I don't know. Anyway, it's some random, It's a made up word. Anyway, I knows? love the cast on um, on uh, Wikipedia. It's just four people. That's it. Andre <laughs> Wally, waiter, person? bartender. Oh, there's a bartender and a waiter, isn't there? Yeah. Okay. I was like, Amazing. is it four? That sounds like too many. <laughs> that's way too many characters to have in a movie. Four whole characters? That's insane. Because you know, you know could... we were saying that, that, you know, that could easily be a play, or it has been a play. People have done it as plays. Don't, don't you think Do the Right Thing could have been a... It could almost uh, like work like a play, because it's almost like a morality tale, isn't it? It's very theatrical. And yeah, it's, and it, you the, know, act, the acting style is quite theatrical, and, yeah, the, and the camera is as well. And you know, on way. the stage, you could literally have like sales on one side and the the Korean uh, grocery on the other side. Yeah, I and think you, it's I think it's very on purpose to yeah. be quote like a play unquote, which you guys you guys brought up in your discussion. You did, we did. We, we sometimes did. we say smart things. That's I we think sometimes that's a correct one. I think Liam says them more than me, to be honest. But yeah, yeah you just smile and nod. Mm-hmm. I, Talking I mean, of you smart can't even things. see the smile or the nod on a podcast. That's why I'm silent. One thing I wanted to give an award to is uh, best intro sequence because it kind of occurred to me when we were watching that, you know, it used to be like the old series we've done, intros weren't a thing because it used yeah. to be credits kind of before. But like now the 80s, they didn't have credits at the beginning of the films. They were like just trying to think about what to do now. Um, now you don't even have that at all. You just, the film starts and that's it. <laughs> just go boom. Um, well, I think, I so think there's quite legally, a few kind of extended intros in this, if I, in if this I series. Be, if I can just be boring, I think legally you have to have two credit sequences in a film at the beginning and at the end. And I think like if you watch a lot of modern um, blockbusters, they tend that's where they have the animated credits at the end, then followed by the regular credits. So, <laughs> no way. I think, and I think some filmmakers manage to get away with it or get around it. Like Christopher Nolan doesn't have two, he just has the one. Well, you like, should you should actually know, Ali, because uh, I think it's one of your favorite movies that is the cause of this change, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I do believe Star Wars is the reason you don't have to have credits at the beginning anymore. Oh, really? I think someone so. Someone ring the they, bell. We brought yeah, up Star Wars. Yeah, because someone ring the bell. 
uh, the first one because he wanted to have that crawl and no credits at the top. And I right. think somehow he convinced them to do it. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the reason that that rule got changed. Okay. In America, that's, anyway. That's interesting. I didn't yeah. know that at all, actually. Someone, someone check my facts and then don't tell me. I don't care. Anyway, sorry for interrupting, <laughs> Liam. Carry on. No, wait, go, go on. Like, so we had some good intro sequences and I wonder what you guys were giving it to. Well, I'm trying to think. So the ones that stick out is either do the right thing or ruthless people because ruthless people had that cool like animated sequence. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. the animated sequence of ruthless people. That's what I wanted to give it to. Um, actually, the cartoon at the beginning. I, of ruthless I, people. I kind of think I've got to give it to do the right thing though. Just I, mean, it's I love, do the right I thing, love how it like progresses <laughs> and it just gets more and more aggressive and, it, and yeah. like you know her you know she she ends up in boxing clothing and it becomes a bit more materialist. Mater- I can't pronounce say the word. Anyway, but it just becomes more about a fight song as opposed to just like dancing, doesn't it? As, as I'm going to disqualify Do the Right Thing for some categories just for myself, for funsies, I'll, I'll just kind of go Streets of Fire, I guess. Do we count that? Yeah, Or is sure, that just that, open? Is that so just I, an opening? I can't remember I where do, the credits are. I do love the opening of the film. Uh, opening shot, the opening number are, are fantastic. So, Well, I think I, it's, I, it's definitely got... It's got my favorite yeah. opening shot. Yeah, like I'm going to count that. I don't know. Like, like the reflection of the neon lights in the in the like the puddles and stuff just looks yeah. awesome. It's classic Walter Hill, isn't it? Yeah. And also, uh, Rosie Perez is thrusting her crotch at Spike Lee during the intro. <laughs> Goddamn! Yeah, that's Spike why it's got to be. That's why it's got to be the winner. Yeah, perfectly easy... placed when he decided to put his name on the screen. Yep. Listen, <laughs> listen. If you're going to make one of the best movies ever, you're allowed to do whatever you want. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I just uh, the intro of Women on the Verge as well. I thought was really cool. All that kind of paper effects. It's incredibly Amadova. Um, yeah, but great. with all the great. with all the kind of tearing, like um, and big pop art kind of stuff. Uh, Moonspace, Moonstruck, Moonspace, Moonstruck. Um, <laughs> that's a much that's a much better movie. <laughs> Moonstruck had um, obviously Brandon's favorite song over like the yep. Brooklyn Bridge and stuff like that. Is it um, is Moonspace the sequel to Crawl? <laughs> it should be. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember Quell in the slightest and yep. my dinner with Andre just opens with Wallace Shawn mumbling about something on the, on the underground. Yep. I don't think it doesn't open with anything. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I just love the cartoon. It was very 80s to me and it was d- done by Sally Krushank. I just wanted to say her name. Oh, thank um, you. So I looked it up. So Quell pretty cool. much opens like ding, 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 Star Wars where you kind of have like a oh, giant does, ship it? kind of like... Yeah. Which is the yeah. only time you really know that they're in... Spe- like it's kind of like meant to be a bit intergalactic because that's the only time you see something... Well, the villains are like space. have sort of lasers or something. Yeah. yeah they're meant just, to be aliens, aren't they, the villains? They didn't need yeah. to be aliens. They didn't need yeah, to be aliens. That cross no. weird. It could have just been a bad Lord of the Rings ripoff, not yeah. also a bad Star Wars ripoff <laughs> yeah. at the same time. It's totally unnecessary. <laughs> Anyway. Totally confusing. Just yeah. confusingly you, you didn't, unnecessary. You didn't need to rip off both at the same time. It was totally <laughs> unnecessary. They're almost the same anyway, so what's the point? I don't know. And talking of Quill, one award we always give away. Then this is not talking of Quill, I don't know why I said that. But one <laughs> sure. award we always give is Best Hat. Well, now um, we have to give it to Quill. Oh, we do. Oh, it's my fault. There some, there's oh, this good is easy. No, but this is easy. Oh, this is so easy. <laughs> Go on, then. Is, what's, it's got to be Fitzcarraldo, doesn't it? Oh, no, his, yeah. stupid, his stupid big straw hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's an easy win. It's an easy win this time. I, well, oh, I want or, to... or, 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 Liam, your um, best supporting actress wears like a lamp at some point. Yes, that's who I had on my list. I've I go. might I've got written down as weird bucket hat that Julietta Sarando wears. 
That's a classic, man. I love that scene because she's like, she bought me this dumb hat, and then the next scene, she's walking out. Okay, <laughs> she I've, looks I've, like a walking lamp. I've got a category to throw at you. Who wears the best leather waders? Oh, that's, well, that's Willem Dafoe, isn't it? <laughs> well, the good, one and only. <laughs> He was going to, well, are we going to do, I thought we were going to do 80s hair and fashion. Sure. Wow. I'm, At which point I was going to bring up Defoe's greasy fisherman look. Yeah. Uh, which which is a throwback to the 50s, which greasy was popular fisherman. in the 80s. So it sort of works. I, so I, I just have to give it to the entire cast of Moonstruck. I mean, come on. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you're both wrong. It's yeah, Bette Midler, no just Bette Midler yes. in that film. <laughs> oh, so that, that, no, the, yeah. the real answer is the house in Ruthless People. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <That> ridiculous, so disgusting. And I wanted to give a shout out to, for like ridiculous 80s fashion to uh, one of the women in Nervous Breakdown is wearing espresso maker earrings. Yes, yes, that yes, is yes, like the yes, yes. dumbest looking thing I've ever seen, and I thought that's fantastic. I love it. So I screenshot that and sent it to like loads of my friends. <laughs> it's like, look at these earrings; they're the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm gonna say I don't know if that counts as eighties. Whatever, whatever's going on there, I'm whatever's it an going award. on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it yeah. gets an award from me. Oh, amazing! Yeah, amazing. Uh, Ollie didn't give his answer for best hat though. No, he didn't. Best hat, best. I'm trying to think who wore hats. He tried. To, he tried to get out of it, but he can't. How about the duck masks in Ruthless People? That's pretty good. That that's one? a mask. I mean, as a person who never leaves the house without a baseball cap on, it has to be... Mookie wears a baseball cap, doesn't he? It's Blake Lee. Does he? Baseball cap. Who There's got to be some hats. No, you know who does is bugging out, doesn't he? No. Um, no. Doesn't someone's got to wear a baseball cap. There's someone who's got the, the, the bill flipped up and the whole thing. Someone's wearing a hat and do the right thing. There's definitely ha- there are definitely hats and do the right thing. <laughs> Yeah, Mookie doesn't wear a hat. What am I talking about? No, I don't think he does. Somebody uh, does. Well, I tell you what. What uh, Sam Jackson wears one of those hats, like kind of like you know the kind of the red and yellow and black kind of blue kind of. Yeah, yeah, a bit like a Rastafarian hat. Yeah, so I'll give it to uh, Sam Jackson. Oh yeah, wicked. Oh, he's great. I love his uh, character and his performance there. Oh, he's kind of. I'm upset about the lack of bait. Actually, the three men wear caps. The ones sitting by the red wall. They go. do, yeah, they yeah. do. They're um, good. Yeah. The Greek, the Greek oh, chorus. Yeah, the Greek chorus, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna to revoke my dinner with Andre's New York card because nobody's wearing any baseball caps at any point. <laughs> no, it's not a real New York movie. <laughs> <laughs> There's shots of Spike Lee while filming Do the Right Thing and he wears a baseball hat. Yeah, I'm just looking yeah. at that. Yeah. He, he wears hats all the time. We're thinking of his character. I'm thinking of his character from She's Gotta Have It. Yes. Because yeah. he wears the, the, he wears he wears it with, the bill, yeah. with the bill flipped up. Well, I watched but the he, making of Do the Right Thing, and he's definitely wearing a baseball cap a lot in that. Yeah, he does in yeah, real but, life all the time. But yeah. Mookie, the character, doesn't. That's the big yeah. difference too. Yeah. That's how you Spike know. It's, that's how you know it's not really Spike Lee. This <laughs> 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 is not wearing a hat. All right, <laughs> should we go for best uh, cinematography? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Okay, you uh, go, Liam. go on. Yeah, go on. You brought it up. All Drop right. It. Well, I'm just gonna go for Do the Right Thing. I just think it. It's just awesome. Do you know what I mean? Just like some yeah. of those, like, um, zoo, like there's some of those, like, wide shots that go straight into, like, the record player and stuff like that. And I don't know, just like, because it's like a back and forth between the two sides of the street. Yeah. Um, and just the look of the street itself, like, the, the colors, like, the reds and the oranges and the yellows and stuff like that, like, the production design as well, which I suppose you can put in with the cinematography. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, Ernest Dickerson's a genius. Yeah, he's, total he's, genius. It's just a yeah. sneaky hard category. That's again clearly the right answer, but it's yeah. a sneaky, sneaky hard category uh, because at least three other movies are visually fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah I wanted well. to give it to kind. I, I was hoping someone would give it to Ernest because I fucking love him, but I also wanted yeah. to really give it to Jose Luis Alicante for Women on the Verge. Yeah, it's um, great. I just love the look of that film and I love how it feels like one of those like telenovela soaps mm. and everything about it is really so controlled and and loud and weird and I just think that's that's some amazing cinematography. There was an, a lot of incredible um depth of field in that movie. Like yes. nothing was out nothing was out of focus yeah. for what seemed like you know, I, I, physically impossible. Some I thought they were visual effects a few times. <laughs> well, that's honestly. what I was saying. Like the shots through the cassette tape player, like looking up at it, like you know the yeah. answer machine. Like yes. you think, oh, okay, what what lens are they using for that to kind of? Have that's got to be a composite. I think that's that what one, I was thinking. Like, yeah, a lot of them are just super duper wide lenses, which yeah. have a much deeper depth of field, obviously. So I think yeah. that was you know the Citizen Kane scenario that they were going for. But I thought he used that that depth of field for for movement and comedy and and so so well uh, it was great but i'm gonna go different again and vagabond uh, uh it did patrick right. blosier on that one um is the whole film's really incredible it's really some of it's quite more subtle than say do the right thing or say mm-hmm. Fitzcarraldo or women on the verge which are the other three good ones even streets of fire has some great moments visually uh but uh i love what uh, Varda and friends are doing with the camera on Vagabond. Yeah, I, mean, I love the strict control of it, the strict yeah. like pacing of it as well. Um, yeah. It's so smart. Yeah, the camera's um, always, it's just, it's, she's one of those filmmakers where you don't necessarily think of her as like incredibly visual, but if you look again, yeah. uh, it's really subtle, it's really smart. The camera's always, you know, not exactly where you expect it, but you always know what's going on and it's really beautifully framed. Yeah. And, uh, if we wanted to do our best shot, I can transition into something more specific. Yeah, well, I could as well. I've got the, well, probably got the same for best shot. Okay, opening shot, of va- opening shot of Vagabond yes. is my best Fuck shot. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Crikey. Sorry. <laughs> I just I'm going to right into it. it. I'm going right into it. She wanted to give a shout out to Thomas Mounch for, for um, uh, Fitzcarraldo because, I mean, that yeah. must have been insane to film that. I yeah, mean, totally. Aside he from gets, the one little model the shot. Art for he gets the, he gets the, the one art. little model shot aside where it's just like a little toy ship that they've put on like a in a battle or something. <laughs> I don't know what but, you're talking about. Everything's real. <laughs> yeah, what are you um, about? <laughs> and also, um, Andrew Laszlo, who did um, uh, Streets of Fire, he also uh, was the DP on Ghost Dad. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Great. Anyway. So he gets an award for that? Does he? No, he, gets he a, definitely gets an award does not get an award for Ghost Dad. No Ghost one Dad gets sounds... anything for Ghost Dad. Okay. Uh, opening shot of Vagabond is a fantastic example of why I gave it the cinematography yeah. award. There's so much depth in the frame. Uh, there's so much going on. and then That music zoom. as well. Oh, man, it's such an amazing opening. It just slaps you right on the, right on the face. Super into That's... it. Anyway. Beautiful I was going to say I should have shouted out um, Vagabond for music because that was all written for that film and it just like punctuates all those scenes. I but uh, yeah, that again, yeah. that opening shot just looks like an oil painting, you know, one of those kind of it does, like yeah. like seventeenth century field worker things or something. Like, but it's got the tractor, you know, pumping out all that smoke and your eyes are drawn to that like little hill with a tree on it and yeah, the composition's incredible, mm-hmm. so good. Like yeah, yeah, that's the same for best shot as well. Like I, that hasn't left my brain that opening no. shot. If I can 
That's a hell of an opening. What Have about you, you Best shot, best shot, best shot. Best shot. Oh, I find this one quite difficult, to be honest. Um, I'm just looking through the list. Um, well, the other, the obvious do the right thing answer is the love-hate speech shot. Yeah, that's true, where he's like looking straight down at the camera. Yeah. Um, Love that scene. God, so it's good. The best. Um, la, do, 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 do. Come on, Holly, you know it's I the can't... opening Streets of Fire. Just say it. <laughs> It's that first shot of Streets of Fire there you go. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's great. It's great. That shot's amazing. Uh, Liam? Got, so what have we got left? Yeah, I, I'm saying Vagabond. I mean, it is amazing. That is the correct yeah. answer, to be honest. But Yeah, totally. I think you're down, down to best director and best film, I think. Uh, well, best screenplay, maybe we'll do that first. Oh, Jesus. Oh, well, easy. Cr- crawl, obviously. Crawl. Cr- crawl, yeah. I mean... <laughs> The the amount of depth to crawl and the ways you can take it in any like like the franchise in the future they just For provide me, so much background. Personally, I think the comedy was so tight that I couldn't stop uh, laughing at all the amazing gags that were really just like laser sharp in crawl. Look, the crawl, I'm going to give it to crawl. Crawl could have been with a bit more thought. Crawl could have been a lot of fun and be, you know. A film that you could probably like have a lot of nostalgia for had you grown up with it and stuff like that. But like people do, we, but people like people do have a lot of nostalgia it, for it. It like it, it like it like if you ever okay, ding ding ding, Star Wars. Okay, they talk <laughs> about the lightsaber. It's brought up three times until the point where you actually see them like fight with them at the end and stuff like that. In this, the glaive is just like mentioned just as he's about to get it, and you're like, what? What? The glaive is like just such a letdown on all fronts as soon as like you find it and he gets to use it and then when he uses he gets it, it nothing way early in the film it. and then doesn't use it it's the yeah he's, you don't see him practicing with it or training with it or no. doing anything with it and then at the end he uses it and nothing really happens and then all it of basically a sudden he's controls got, itself and it's then all so of a sudden <laughs> he's got flame powers and you're like well this is just <laughs> terrible writing i know they kind of set up the flame stuff earlier on but like in my head you kind of do the rule of threes so you kind of got to remind the audience of something at the middle before you bring it back again in my in, that's how my brain works anyway the people that made crawl are beyond your rules ollie they're too good for that <laughs> <laughs> they don't they don't need your petty human rules <laughs> but yeah if we're going for best uh, screenplay it's got to be do the right thing hasn't it really clearly yeah. do the right thing's the correct answer for this yeah, yeah. That it is yeah i had the same for mr spike yeah. lee but i mean you know dinner with andre is a great screenplay um for sure like there's there's other other options, but do the right thing is just so good. <laughs> it's it's spectacular. And I guess best director. I think this one's really hard for me, actually. Weirdly, um, so I wonder what you guys have got instead. Hmm. Oh well, I've I, just to be Mr. Boring. I've gone for do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, again, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, correct yeah. answer. You do have some, some but vagabond I, I is amazing as well. Like Ag- Agnes Varda didn't like. It's, it's stunning that film. Like the direction I'll, uh, is I'll, I'll continue, I guess. You, you've, you've. Uh, I know this is like the all over the place '80s marathon where it wasn't quite as heavy hitter as the '50s, but you have four or five, uh, yeah. you know, uh, heavy hitter filmmakers in here. Uh, yeah. Three, three of which are like absolute all time favorite filmmakers for me, in Spike and Agnes Varda and Werner Herzog. I love all three of them, and their whole bodies of work are are things I enjoy immensely. Uh, and no, Pedro Almodovar's are right, Pedro Domar, out, yeah. 
Almodovar is like right beneath that level for me. I mean, I love him, but he's I don't personally connect quite as hard as those other three. Um, but he's a he's brilliant, and I've seen loads of his films and love them. Ken Russell is one who I'm starting to really love. Ken Russell, uh, is, yeah. I mean, Norman uh, Jewison uh, is, is you know huge. Norman right? Jewison's kind of new to me actually, uh, but yeah, he's big. Walter Hill, someone I adore, uh, even though Streets of Fire is not one of his best ones. Um, so anyway, all that said, Spike Lee's clearly the right answer. I'm going to disqualify yeah. it. And going to go with the obvious second best answer, which is Werner Herzog in Fitzcarraldo, though, mm-hmm. because he almost killed everybody in himself, which is clearly <laughs> worth uh, uh, praise and awards because we live in hell and we praise people for bad things. And so here I am doing exactly that, praising someone for doing something probably they shouldn't have done. Uh, and that was probably <laughs> bad. But the, uh, you know, uh, we'll just watch the documentaries, I guess. There's nothing I can say at this point that's going to, you know, uh, inflate the mythology of Fitzcarraldo anymore anymore it, yeah sure yeah it's pretty much impossible but um you know just the the vision and sort of madness to to get other people on board to do that um I sort of uh I, if I'm trying to remember what you guys said in the first like 20 or 30 minutes the film's a bit slow and some of those scenes don't work very well but once they get into the meat of it and the famous bit with the boat. I think that stuff's amazing. And I sort of disagree with you guys that it would be the same at the, at that time period, if they'd done it in a safer way, <laughs> they should have, he should have, he should have. I want to be very clear about this. <laughs> it, the film's not worth it. I love the film. The film is not worth that that guy getting injured or, or putting those people in danger at all. Yeah. No film is worth that. Yeah. Uh, I that, think that was that, our main point. Yeah. And you're totally, you're completely correct. I'm going to devil's advocate myself here and say um uh you know he's he, Ver herzog is famously a very intense guy he lives big uh he kind of you get the impression he thinks everybody's like that and so he doesn't really realize that he's making other people <laughs> miserable he just doesn't realize he's making other people miserable because he because he's loving it you know uh so anyway his his kind of energy and passion for that project and and pretty much well, everything's done if you hang around with people like klaus kinski yeah you do think everyone's like that do you know what i mean that's yeah, that's exactly. like his like barometer of like and i'm gonna give him oh. best director just for the for the for the vision and the insanity but also because in the documentary he gives the other favorite line in the history of cinema in this marathon which is the thing about the birds screaming in pain <laughs> which is legit, legitimately my favorite thing it's one of the best things ever, anyone's ever said <laughs> really, like it's in the in, not even in the real film the director right. delivers the best line of the marathon in the documentary about the film that's how that's why he wins best director no offense to spike lee of course we are challenging nature itself and it hits back it just hits back that's all and that's grandiose about it and we have to to accept that it is much stronger than we are kinski always says it's full of erotic elements i don't see it so much erotic i see it more full of obscenity it's just and nature here is vile and base i wouldn't see anything erotical here i would see fornication and asphyxiation and choking and fighting for survival and growing and just rotting away. Of course there's a lot of misery, but it is the same misery that is all around us. The trees here are in misery and the birds are in misery. I don't think they they sing, they just screech in pain. 
Uh, I kind of, I, I was fighting between Spike Lee and Varda, and I actually think I want to give it yeah. to Varda. You know, um, just She's, I love her so much. Just I, what an iconic person, and that film is so amazing. Uh, Vagabond. I love how she's like she's the polar opposite. It, so. She's the polar opposite of Werner Herzog as a human. being. Yeah, she is. She really is, I, isn't she? Actually, yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. I love her be equally more or more. Yeah, yeah. She's amazing. And just the strict control of that film, of Vagabond, the framing of like the stories, the way she introduces people, the humanity she under on display, and the empathy like pouring through it is all so Varda. Um, and yeah, I just wanted I, there. I, it's Varda for me for best director. Yeah, she's easily third choice, and she's behind pretty. The only reason she's behind is those two films are, I don't know, do the right things again. Another another category in fiscal yeah. that's ridic- well, I mean, ridiculous. But she's she's her work there is amazing. I agree I mean, completely. Do the right thing could be made yesterday, and it's it's you wouldn't have to change anything really, and it's still. I think both do the right thing well, and vagabond. To be fair, are, are yeah, yeah. Which are both films that are not totally locked to the eighties. They're both true, true, quite precedent still, um, and that's I think what's remarkable about both of them. I think as well. I agree. Compared to, I don't think any other film, every other every other film on our list is very eighties. I think in mm. in that way. But those two films that true. seem to kind of be eternal. I think. Do the right thing is it's in the future. It feels like the nineties. I know it's eighty nine. It does. No, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. He was he was ahead of the curve in a million different ways there. I guess though, that's like New York, the New York's late, always ahead of the curve. I guess the very that's, late eighties well. and the early nineties kind of blur, don't they? Anyway? Yeah, they're, they're, of course like they do. You're yeah. always going to get that crossover. Oh, yeah. I mean. Things don't change at the decade. They do. <laughs> yes, they, they do. do. Right, right then. Literally right. on January 1st, all the stores get rid of all the clothes. They bring in new <laughs> clothes. Everyone has to change everything. Get rid of your old cars. Get rid of everything. It's just gone. Get ready shall for we do our, um, Shall we do our list then? 10 to, oh ten to 1. Are oh we doing round robin or... What does that mean? So, like, we each do 10, then we each do 9. No, it'll take oh forever. You do, you, do your, you do your 10 for one to 1. Me, Go okay. Ollie. All Go right, okay. My number 10 is no surprise. Can you guess? Nope. Uh, no. Vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> My dinner with Andre. Number nine. Okay. N- only purely for the fact it doesn't have fire mares in it. Number nine is wow. Krull. What the fuck, Ollie? <laughs> Krull was more. I got Jesus more out Christ. of Krull than my dinner with Andre. Me. That's that's unbelievable. And I'm I, glad you enjoy being alive. <laughs> well, you watched Crawl on fucking 1.5 speed, so you know you can't talk. <laughs> I, I did. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> uh, eight altered states. Wow. Uh, seven moonstruck. Six streets oh. of fire. Five ruthless yep. people. Four fits yep. corral. No, four women on a verge of a nervous breakdown. Uh, three fits Crowdo, two vagabond. And one do the right thing. Beautiful. <laughs> okay, Brandon. <sighs> uh, I'm looking at them now. I didn't rank this ahead of time. I just put letterbox to say like do them in my in my rating. So I guess uh, I guess ten is ruthless people, and then streets of fire, and then moonstruck, and then well, I'll get there. My dinner with Andre. Women on the Virgin Rivers Breakdown, Alter States, Fitzcarraldo, Vagabond, Do the Right Thing, and then Crawl. At number one. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because it took you like 45 minutes to watch it? Uh, Crawl wins because the horse scene was a tight action spectacle. 
Brussels comes is one out of the best nowhere. things I've ever seen. It's so good. <laughs> truly, truly, I was crying. I had, we, I had tears of joy watching the horses doing whatever they were doing at 1.5 speed in Crawl. <laughs> I, I, it really breaks my heart how the Yeti, not the Yeti, the Cyclops the stays stays behind. Well, he's going to meet to, his death, hasn't he? And then all yeah, of like, I like I like how the Cyclops stays behind five different times for no yes. reason each time. He just keeps doing it. Like they go to one location and they're like, "Someone needs to stay behind," and I'm sitting there going, "What?" And then the Cyclops goes, "I'll do it," and I'm like, "What?" And then they all leave, and I'm like, "What is he doing? Why is he doing this?" And then he'll discover something and run really fast, and then he'll be like, "Guys, there's a thing," and and I'll still be going. <laughs> what and then just repeat and they'll do the same thing again in some new location it was that's why it's the best film of the entire 1980s significantly better than all-time classic uh do the right thing because ollie put my dinner with andre 10th i'm gonna put Street <laughs> where, where to fire 10th oh my god <laughs> oh come on i think come he's on. right no no crawl's 10th come on you're both being idiots crawl is 10 obviously crawl's 10 i know so mine is crawl streets of fire yeah. Um, uh, altered states. Wow. Ruthless people. Yeah. Fitzcarraldo. Yeah. My dinner with Andre. Wow. Moonstruck. Women on the verge of Noah's breakdown. Mm. <laughs> Vagabond do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, kind of, get, it's yeah. One, the one and two here is super easy. I yeah. think personally. I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of like the idea of Spike getting beaten by the old lady again. <laughs> no, come on, <laughs> come on, come on. I'll do. Yeah. I mean, Ag- Agnes Vard is a legend. I love to be, to be bits, fair, but... it, Lim, had you put "Do the Right Thing" second, I don't think Brandon would ever come back on this show. No, I would never <laughs> speak to you again. Do the right thing's tough, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't. That's... I actually already forgot my ranking as I said it out loud. Like it disappeared from my brain. Yeah, because you went little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. I was just trying and to I was speed like, up. I didn't know what. I thought you were trying to figure it out in your head, which I guess you probably I was, were as well. I kind of was. Time. I was trying to speed up to the joke of putting Kroll first. And then I realized that I was that meant I was going to have to blow through the actual content. And that I was making a mistake. But I guess kept with the bit. How dare you make jokes on this podcast? I'm <laughs> sorry. How dare I know it's you? Very ser- it's very serious. It's very serious. Serious film business. Ranking crawl is really serious business. <laughs> These are the trackies, and you have to respect them. And I feel I like do. you give them zero respect. No, I gave them loads of respect, uh, except for that part. It was just, you know, you just read the wrong answer. You read the wrong card. It's just like the answer. Yeah. So what was my, uh, wait, what was my actual nine? I, I think it was know. with his people. I think it was with his people. It was, it was hard to pick. Uh, did you actually? Because I liked, I, I liked all of them except for Crawl. So it was actually hard to yeah, I, put ones near the bottom. I, like, I just didn't, I just didn't get anything out of my dinner with Andre. I'm really sorry. It just, That's okay. it, it just didn't. Like I'm a veg- I'm a very visual person, you know. I'm an animator. I'm, that's say, I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> Definitely I'm a not vegetarian. Veg- I'm a very vegetable person. <laughs> no, and there were not nearly enough vegetables in no, the dinner, dinner with Andre. Was just, it was just meat. way too it much just... meat on that plate for for my liking. I give it zero out of five. Have you ever seen? There's someone on Letterbox who gives vegan warnings for all of their movies. Have you really? Ever seen this person? Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know who it is, but well, they're I, always I, like. Well, um, I've known people who. Uh, I've got a friend who wants to play Skyrim because she loves kind of, you know, fantasy kind of games. But, like, I think there's a bit where you have to kill bees or something like that. Or, like, she won't do the hunting stuff, so she can't really progress because she's a vegan and she just 
she can't do it even in a video that's fine. game. I think that's a fun way to play video games, frankly. Like yeah, no, that's that. fine. But as long, if it if it stops you playing it, though, then you can't play the game. There's someone who used to play WoW by not killing anything, and they got, they leveled to maximum by doing like fetch quests and like oh, wow. crafting things and <laughs> stuff like that. But they did it with like an ethical. They called it like ethical leveling, and they didn't kill a single thing to do it. Which is insane. That's how that's that's how I've leveled up too in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> you can complete Metal Gear Solid, at least Metal Gear Solid Three, without killing people. And there's like a scene in the game where it's called the Sea of Sorrows, and it's basically like a you walk through this like river, and you see all the the people that you've killed throughout the game. But if you haven't killed anyone, it's like literally a, a one second sequence because you just walk because you haven't killed anyone. So you don't see it. I forgot to almost forgot to give my uh, last personal anecdote about Do the Right Thing, best movie of the year. Oh, yeah, go on. Uh, excepting maybe Ran. Uh, the, uh, uh, okay. So there once was a man named Richard Habersham III. He grew up in Harlem. Uh, in the early 2000s, he was an estate agent on the Upper West Side of New York City. I was the receptionist in the estate agent. He was the kid that Ossie Davis saved. Oh wow! And do the right thing, <laughs> oh, cool. and he's he's how I got Ossie Davis's address ah, in the I script. See. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so, and he told me exactly what you guys said about the film that Spike Lee's character did do the right thing by throwing the garbage can uh, at Sal's when I had the same conversation with him, uh, actor in Do the Right Thing, and he he likes to say obviously he's not an actor anymore, uh, but he did the first stunt in Spike Lee's whole career was him falling in front of that car oh wow so that's so that's like his cocktail party story yeah was it? i like that yeah yeah are we done i think we're I done think we think we're done yeah i think, I think we're we, done. we nailed all the bits you're supposed to nail um so uh, now we've done the 80s liam what decade are we going to go on to next well we're gonna go all the way back not all the all the way back because that'd be the 20s but mostly all the way back and do the 1930s the the decade of War. That's what happened in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. War and depression. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've probably um, seen in my lifetime like three films in the 30s, maybe four. So this is going to be a whole new experience for me, I think. A whole new experience. Well, yeah. um, I've got to warn you, most of them in black and white. Uh, right. I think, I think I'll survive. <laughs> but they are talkies. So they are talkies. <laughs> yeah, we'll right. do the 20s last, though. I want to do the 20s last. Oh, you want to do that one last? Next. Yeah, yeah. We'll do the 20s as the last one we well, do. So you do the cause... 2010s, then the 20s. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. The most recent and the most... Yeah. Most pa- the most and then the most past. That'd recent. be fun. The most not recent. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks for joining us, Brandon. Always pleasure. a pleasure. Of course. And uh, thank you very much for everyone listening out there. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on whatever you listen to us on. Uh, You can reach out to us on Twitter. We are at AdjustYourTrack. That's with a YR, not a YOR. And yeah, don't forget, if the pitch is bad, always adjust your tracking.